This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Shannon Dreyer joining us at 1030. Let's go to Jet. Hey, Jet, how are you? Dr. John, good to talk to you. Yeah, it's like last week was tough. No show. It's been a it's been a tough month or it's been a tough year. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I mean the phones oh. weren't working. I mean they went out during the outdoors show, and then it took them like two three days to put the phones back together again. Yeah, it's it's, it's strange. It's almost like uh, we're off to a cursed start this year, but yeah. uh, hopefully we can turn it around. We're finally into the off season, so yes. uh, now it's time to start figuring out how we're going to build. Uh, build a better mess here at uh in new jersey right so i guess first I, first things first let's just talk about who, who's going to stay and who's going to go in other words, who are the jets going to try to keep resign because they've got a lot of uh, free agents they have yeah, a lot of guys on yeah. one-year contracts who do they bring back and who do they just kind of let go hmm. and i start i start out first with what do you think about barrios how much do you think he can actually command on the open market and uh do you think he's worth more than seven million a year? No, no. I mean, he's a returner, right? He's not worth. Well, that's seven. just it. I mean, obviously, they're going to try to portray him or market him. Yeah, but as you can market guy. him whatever you want, but he's not going to get seven mil. You don't think so? No. Good. No way. <laughs> Good, because I hope they bring him back. But yeah, uh, yeah, he went to the. I, I think uh, he was selected to the Pro Bowl, so it's like. That's one thing the Jets seem to be able to turn out is kick returners. No, that's well. I mean, <laughs> that's something. Yeah, well, I mean, they give up enough points that they get enough returns. That's for sure. Like in a practice ad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got got to get good at something. All right, so that's encouraging. Um, and oh, they they got to figure out what to do with Mika Becton. You know, because I was talking to somebody in New York this week, and he got up to four hundred pounds. Four hundred yeah, pounds. It, it, I think, and, and they like George Fant, so they may put him at left tackle and put Big Fact Beckton over at right tackle. You know, that makes an awful lot of sense to me. Um, because, and part of the problem, and again, he was having foot mm-hmm. problems, I think, during OTAs and stuff, but um, he looked terrible in the, in the preseason, and yeah. he looked terrible in those scrimmages in, what, Philadelphia and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was just he didn't grasp the system or if the system doesn't fit him or if he wasn't fully healthy or some massive combination thereof. But um, he just didn't look good in no. the off season. Um So I don't know if it's a, just not a scheme fit or what, but I have absolutely no trouble with moving him to the, left si- to the right side because it'd be nice having a big mauler on the right side. And fans, had a very good year. He, he's like Carpenter. Yeah. I mean, the Jets the, the Jets picked him up. You know, he, he fit their system at the time to a T, and they revived Carpenter's career. And, and Fant looked like a very, very good tackle in this system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, got and... absolutely no, I got absolutely no trouble uh, keeping Fant at left tackle. Well, it's funny. With the two first-round picks that they have, and I was talking to, again, somebody back in New York this week, is that uh, you know Joe Douglas likes to uh, draft big, and so yep. it's like uh, you figure that there's a decent chance. I mean, he could you know they they, uh, they they probably got enough a tackle, I guess, 
but maybe they'll draft a guard and then maybe a, a pass rushing or a three a four three defensive lineman or a defensive tackle. Those could be the two options. Or if not, they can maybe take the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on uh, what falls to them at four. But um, a little bit that I've been reading, it seems like they're they're pretty impressed with uh, Harrison, the safety from yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and quite fr- quite frankly, I would be very happy if they brought him up. My, my thinking is this, John: with four and ten, uh, oh, for, first off, they've got to have the combination between the first two rounds, right? Of uh, you know um, Nick and Brick combined with Revis and Harris, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's how that's how they've got to hit on this draft. There's just no question about it. But I'm thinking with four and ten, they have the ability to draft two playmakers. What do the Jets really have a dearth of? It's playmakers. Uh-huh. I mean, Elijah Moore, I think, could become a playmaker. But on defense, they have absolutely nobody. Nobody. Unless Lawson can step in, get healthy, and, and bring it from the, the, the corner or from, from the edge. They have nobody else. No, no, agreed. So that's why I, I think Harrison would be a nice fit for them. Because their, their safety position is awful. They're not going to bring oh, back I, Marcus May. I don't think they have a they have an NFL caliber safety on the roster. Uh huh. Quite candidly, right now, so they've got to do something. And that's another question: Are they going to bring back Marcus May? I doubt it. Um, does he have much of a market? Yeah, I think uh, he does throughout the league. Yeah, you yeah. think so? Yeah, I think he does um, because. But the difference is, I think he's burned his bridges with the Jets. Oh, no doubt. Uh, quite, quite quite frankly, yeah. You know, as much as he is a good clubhouse guy and is mm-hmm, playing hard mm-hmm. and everything else, that whole deal with the, the DUI and, disclo- and not disclosing the DUI while they're trying to get Douglas to assign him to, you know, a big, fat, long-term deal. Right. Uh, I, I think I, I would never negotiate with somebody like that again. Period. Yeah, End yeah, story. yeah. So I can see that bridge just being completely burned, regardless of how good he is or what their, you know, what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the price is right... I can. I never say never, but um, it seems to me he can command something more than the Jets are probably. Yeah, he can probably. Me. I, I think that uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe thirteen might be a little bit too much coming off the injury, but uh, yeah. he's certainly going to get double digit numbers. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting too because I, you know the Jets clearly need safety help. Yeah, so I got no trouble drafting one in the first or second round because there's some really good safeties out there in the draft. Mm-hmm. But they're going to need another one. And quite frankly, they need some experience back there, too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Douglas is willing to part in the free agent market for a safety. Because I'm not so sure he really wants to spend big money on that position. So, you know, who's he going to be able to bring in in the free agency if he's not going to spend the money on it? I agree. That's going to be, inter- that's going to be an interesting watch. Yeah, no doubt. Um, one thing I keep forgetting to ask you since it happened months ago, what do you think about that uh, uh, uh $14 million contract that they signed uh, Franklin Myers to. I thought it was too much. I, yeah, I, never, I didn't understand. I, I, didn't understand I, 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 I To be honest, I never even heard of the guy. Well, it's not so much that. They clearly like him. Yeah. Um, and when healthy, he does play well. And I think he fits their system well, or so they, they certainly feel. But, um, geez, you know, who? first off, who are they bidding against? Nobody. And, and 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 second, I mean, is he really worth fourteen a year? No, I, I didn't quite understand that. Uh, the timing of it was odd. I mean, I can see you trying to, you know, stitch up your own young players, you know, before they hit the open market uh-huh. as soon as possible. But 
geez, I thought that was an awful lot of money. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, and uh, I mean, they've got to do something with Quinn and Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I hope I hope they re-sign him. Yeah, because he's um, good. I think he's another one that, that fits this uh, that fits this scheme to a T. The defensive scheme, right? Um, because this guy can shoot gaps. Because as they mentioned when he was coming out, trying to block him is like trying to catch a bar of soap in a bathtub. Uh-huh. You know, he's real slippery. So I think he fits the system pretty well, especially for people around him. But um, you know, speaking of guys that may not fit the system, Fotokasi, they yeah. bring him back. Uh, what do you think? I don't know. Not 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 sold. He's that good. But uh, you know. You want to try to keep as much as you can because they don't have much to, you know. Exactly. You, they don't have much. Yeah, and the point is, I mean, if you let him go, okay, that's our hole you got to fill. Right. Who's filling the hole? Exactly. You know, um, but, I mean, they're talking, you know, he make it 8 $9 million a year, and I just, no. I'd be a little flabbergasted about that. Uh, and he's a guy that really doesn't seem to fit the scheme because he's more of a two-gap guy. Mm-hmm. He's more of a read and react as opposed to uh, – you know, shoot a gap type of guy, and he brings nothing in the pass rush. Uh-huh. So he's kind of a two-down player, although he's obviously very well-respected and loved by the coaching staff and the players in the locker room. So that's the other thing you got to kind of think about with a young team and the way they're trying to build stuff and all the crap they've gone through the last three years. Trying to build that clubhouse character, right. I think, is one of those intangibles that they may end up paying up for a little bit more with some of their own guys um, if they like them. Maybe that's what we're seeing with Franklin Myers as well. I, I just didn't get that signing at all. No, not at all. So what do you think of Zach Wilson? Give him time. I, I think he'll be okay. Um, he uh, For him right now, I think the game is between the ears. Yeah, yeah. The kid's got the arm. The kid can scramble. I worry about his durability, as we've talked about incessantly. Um, but he took some, some good hits this year, and he bounced back. So uh, I don't I don't question his toughness. Um, I think he's got to check his ego a little bit more, and he's still learning the system because it was very apparent before he got hurt. Yeah, uh, the game was too fast for him, um, and he was just just reverting to street ball and just trying to rely on his talent, and, and that just wasn't going to work. I think the best thing that happened to him was him quote unquote getting hurt and stepping back and watching a White and Flacco run the system mm-hmm. for several weeks because when he came back. You didn't see him running all over the place. He was staying in the pocket more. Uh, he was dumping the ball off. Uh, he was working within the system. And the offense really started flowing um, once he got hurt. And I really think they're building something good on that with that offense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they add to it. But uh, And I think LaFleur really uh, grew as a play caller during the course of the season and for whatever reason. I think it really made a big difference when he went up in the booth. Uh-huh. Um, I think it gave him a better chance to uh, to see the field and also not really have to worry about babysitting uh, Zach Wilson on the sidelines. Um, but I think that really was a turnaround. But I think he really grew during the course of the year as well. And they did a really nice job running the ball. Mm-hmm. They, they really did. I mean, they need they need another uh, a two-punch to go with a one-punch with uh, Carter. Um because they're going to go running back by committee, and, and, and Carter can't be a bell cow, but he certainly can be a number one back. But um, they, need, they need a bigger guy to compliment him, much like they had in North Carolina, where he came from. Um, I think if they can duplicate that, they've really got something in that backfield. Um, but they, they, you know, um, 
Now, let's see if they bring Berrios back. Uh, what do you think about uh, the, the, the the right tackle um, that they got from Washington that they signed for $3 million? I like him. Moses. Then, You're talking about Moses? Moses. Yeah, I like him. Well, well he did very well against yeah. the run. He was not so uh, for the run. He was not so good in pass protection. Right, agreed. That honestly was a problem. But in the running game, I mean, he was he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and you know, three million a year. Come on, you know that that was that was a great signing. But that's another guy. I think he's going to command too much on the open market, or should I say, more than yeah. Douglas is going to want to pay. Um, so they're going to have to find another. Uh, 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 I think another body for that because they really have nothing behind uh, the three of them. Uh-huh. So they've got to come up with another solution there. Duvernay's an interesting question. I'd like to see them bring him back. And he may not try to break the bank, because I think he wants to be there. Right. Because he made that pretty clear when he signed in the middle of the season. And I think it was a tryout for both sides. So I'd like to see them bring him back, even if not for a, you know, a starter. He certainly gives you substantial depth. Right. Um, so I definitely hope they bring him back. Um, hopefully McGovern bounces back from the knee injury, but what they really got, what thing they really got to do, and I think they really got to draft, is somebody that they need, they need to, to come up with a center because McGovern's on the last year of his contract. I can't see them bringing him back next year. They've got to try to start grooming somebody uh-huh. that they can plug in uh, in case McGovern gets hurt again or just to play next year. They, they need a, they need a center. Um, that's why I think Zion, that kid, so was it Zion Johnson or whatever from Boston College, that uh, everybody seems to like. I think right. could, I, I think the Jets really liked him during the Senior Bowl. And I'd like to see them maybe pick him up in the second round, perhaps if he doesn't get snatched up somewhere else because he can play guard. But they're also grooming him to play center, and I think that's the kind of guys that Douglas really likes, where they have that flexibility. And like you were saying, maybe they'll pick up a, a lineman with a number four pick offensive lineman, but I think it'll be somebody that they could maybe put at guard, you know, and can also play tackle, mm-hmm. you know, one of those guys and kind of play maybe both just in case to give them flexibility. Because I really, as much as I love watching Beckton play when he was healthy, his rookie season, I, I really have concerns. You got to um, lose some weight. It would not just lose weight, but get an NFL body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get 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 in the pool. Get on a yoga mat. Start yeah, some yeah. vegetables. Agreed. You know, I mean, start stretching. Have a salad. You know, I, I mean, stop pushing around SUVs, and uh, and start uh, you know, saying some uh, some mantras or something. I know. But uh, he's got to get an NFL body, and I can't. You know, there is a guy that really has paid the price for the whole COVID thing and not really having a legitimate off season, um, because I think he's. And Quentin Williams had the same problem. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, he was not in good, he was not in NFL shape. No, when his rookie season. But hey, he was hey, so much Jet, I, I, I've got to run here. So, all right. Well, well, we got weeks to talk about this, John. Absolutely. So Big we'll combine pick it up next combine week. week. Okay. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Bellevue. Hey, Bob. Hey, John. Yes. Thanks for taking the call. It's good to have you back this Saturday. I know. It's good to be back. I'm glad the phones are working. Yeah, no kidding. 
All right. You know, I'm going to throw out some hard-hitting questions for you, yeah. and I know that you're used to this. But, one, do you think Bobby Wagner is going to stay with the Hawks if they reduce his, um, you know, re- not reduce, I'm sorry, wrong word, restructure his contract? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, again, That's he's great. too valuable to let go. You're talking mm-hmm. about uh, you know, a Hall of Fame player, a leader on the defense, a guy that uh, you know is still one of the best middle linebackers in the league. He led the league in tackles last year. Why not bring him back? I, I 100% agree. Two, do you think anyone in the Seahawks organization is going to go to Russell Wilson's agent and telling him to stop barking with the national media with all these lame, uncalled for, you know, like, like, Colts are going to trade for Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Steelers. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like ridiculous because it's not coming from the Seahawks no. camp. It's coming from his agent. And yeah. I talked to you a, a couple weeks ago where you're saying Russell Wilson is not going to get rid of him because he's a lifelong friend, blah, mm-hmm, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, when is someone just going to sit down with Russell? Dude, we have you for two years. Yeah. You're ours. You know, that's it. Well, and the I, second thing, yeah, I, I don't think question. I don't, I don't oh, think it's going to change. I think that well, number one, they don't want to talk to him. Hmm. He's a pain. Yeah, I, I, that's what I've been reading too. All right, now three double standards in the NFL. I'm a person of color, Hispanic. Yeah. My mom's from Mexico. She was the one actually who got me into football. You know, like watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-huh. You know, I was 1975, I believe, the first game I ever saw on TV, and I was just wondering, do you think there's ever going to be a change in relationships between people of color and ownership groups? I bring this up because look at our owner, Jody Allen, or trustee, if you want to call her. She's non-existent. 2013, she had to settle a lawsuit with some bodyguards. That's fact. It's in the Seattle PI. Now, the double standard is this. If it was me or you who, who are males and did the things that she was alleged to do and had to pay off, we would have been fired from the NFL as owners. Now, the double standard, now you have this Brian Flores from Miami who yeah. was fired after one year, and he can't land a job as a head coach. But thankfully, my second favorite team, the Steelers, said, hey, you know what? Come over here and be our defensive coordinator. Do you think that's ever going to change in the NFL? I hope. I mean, because, again, you want it to get better and better <clears throat> because as much as the Roonies uh, pushed the Rooney rule and tried to adjust the Rooney rule, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not getting – I mean, there's only three minority coaches in the – well, three uh, black coaches in the league right now. And so it's like uh, that's got to get better. I mean, Eric Bieniemy needs to get a job, Byron Lefwich, Todd Bowles, all those guys need to get head coaching jobs, and it's not happening. So I hope – that this Flores lawsuit does help push things along, you know, because it's needed. I, I agree. And because look at look at the ratings for that boring, horrible, and I ended up watching it because it was football, the yeah. pro game. Oh, it was awful. Baseball would love to have those type of ratings. MSL soccer would love to have those type of ratings. NFL in America is not going anywhere. No. It's got a strong base. And I want to see it succeed because there is no more such a game that has such an exhilarating experience, even on the basic plays. You know, like, man, we really need this third down. Mm -hmm. If we don't get it, we're doomed. You know, that's what I love about football. And so when I ask you about double standards, I'm just hoping that, man, if we could open the diversity bank, 
I think the sport can only grow further and bigger because I read your article a couple of weeks ago about how the Seahawks have a great opportunity since we have the the fourth um God, what is that the fourth placement for the hardest schedule. Right. Right. And you know, look at the opportunities. One, Tom Brady's gone. Uh the Rams, you know, they're good, but I think we kind of see how the Seahawks have a I, I I have to say this, you may disagree with me. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than the Rams QB. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And our defense can improve if we fill out some defensive linemen. We got the quarterback, you know, Trey Diggs. I like, you know, Diggs and uh, right. Trey Flowers. You know, those guys, they can improve. I just think a couple of moves, we could really dominate the NFC like we did for the past 10 years. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, again, this is the perfect year because, again, with the fourth-place schedule uh, and the three games against bad teams like Detroit Giants and uh, Jets, I mean, that gives them the opportunity. You know, because you know, what, what I broke down was that, uh, you know, the three teams that they play combined two times a year, two times this year, Arizona – and that in the NFC West are 66 and 36, but the remaining schedule is a 448, one of the easiest in the league. Yeah, and you were talking to about one guy who lives out in New Jersey. I went to school out in Essex County College mm-hmm. and worked there and went to Rutgers and all that. People, I grew up here in Seattle. Those guys, the Jets and Giants, are begging just to smell the playoffs yeah. because they – they have never been there. I'm, and, and it's it's so sad to see these guys because they're diehard fans. Uh-huh. And it's just like, again, damn, it's like every year. It's kind of like being a Mariners fan. We're hoping this is the year, but then it just crumbles in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just very optimistic that this year could be the year for the Seahawks to make a really big run for it. Not just a playoff run, but mm-hmm. I mean dominate run. I think it could be. We'll see if there's drop-offs in the teams in this division. Hey, Bob, thank you for the phone call. Let's stay in Bellevue and go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Back, back to the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm doing fine. Back to the Seahawks free agency. Uh, who would you suggest uh, is going to be their primary uh, objectives to get re-signed? Uh, they got several key people yeah. that uh, need contracts. So what, what would you think right now? I think Diggs and DJ Reed, and then we'll see about Dwayne Brown. Yeah, and well, I would have to, I can't disagree with that at all. Brown did show a little age, yeah, but yeah. Uh, still a better second half than first half. Um, the, uh, the situation with those three is going to take up a lot of money, though. But Brown is already getting paid pretty well. But Reed and Diggs are going to get far more than, of course, they're getting mm-hmm. paid currently. So what what do you think that's going to look like uh, uh, in terms of money about? I don't know about uh, Reed. I can't figure out his value. I think that uh, Diggs could get thirteen million. I don't know if I agree with Pro Football fo- uh, Focus saying that Dwayne Brown's going to get two years, 20 mil. I think that might be a little bit too much. So I think he'll get less than that. But, uh, you know, remember, the one thing is, I mean, you can restructure, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner, save a little bit more under the cap. And so I think that they could be okay there. Well, we all know the elephant in the room would be restructuring. Well, yeah. if he really wants to stay here forever, mm-hmm. and uh, why not do it? Currently, and well, they, but, but think about this: is he going to get is he going to get eighteen million dollars a year on the street? No, no, not no. on the street. No, no. I mean, if he goes in free agency, because again, I mean, you have less four three teams and less teams in need of middle linebackers. 
Yeah, no, I mean, in terms of Russell, though, they couldn't. They, why would they not even look at doing that for a 22? Because they'd well? have to deal with the, his agent. Well, they're going to have to deal with him eventually. I mean, they've got the two years. Yeah, well, they can wait two years. <laughs> okay. There are a few stories recently about the, the Rams, of course, having a certain, yeah. certainly a lot of cap problems themselves. Uh, uh, we're in desperate need of a center. They have a guy that's uh, graded out pretty good at that, Brian Allen. Yeah. Uh, you think they could even make a run at him? Oh, yeah, because I don't think he's going to be very expensive. Yeah, maybe five, six million. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Well, that would be worth it. Certainly would be an upgrade of where we are. And then finally, there was a rumor that we might be looking to get a, uh, a defensive end, uh, like this Ogba guy from Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'd be considering some money, though. It, it, uh, you think they could even do it financially? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what's he going to get? Eight or nine million? I don't know if he's going to get uh, double digits or all that stuff. But no, I think they can get him at a reasonable price. Well, if it was at that price, I think they should do it. I mean, yeah. If you got those two guys, I think that would be a, a big improvement, plus keeping some of your own. Uh, exactly. You'd, you'd be in pretty good shape. Hey, Jeff, thank you for the okay. phone call. Thanks, John. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Well, around the National Football League, as everybody's waiting to fly to the Combine on Monday, it looks like it's contract restructure day. David Bakhtiari of the Green Bay Packers became the third Packer to restructure his com- his contract. So he takes $11.3 million out of his base, uh, gets a signing bonus for that. They stretch it out over five years. And so uh, Aaron Jones got a restructure. You know, they were able to do Kenny Clark save $11 million on him, so they restructured. And then, of course, today, the New Orleans uh, Saints restructured two contracts. Michael Thomas, the wide receiver, and Ryan Ramzik, the right ta- the tackle, and that saved them about $26 million. So contract restructure day today in the National Football League, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to George in Smoky Point. Hey, George. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I really enjoy your show. Um, I was going to mention about the Rams. The reason yeah. why I think they have an excellent chance of repeating, even though people think they don't because of their age and contracts and so forth. But Bush uh, Need has done an excellent job of uh, getting a core group of players. And he gets these low-round draft picks that uh, are, you know, fit into the yeah. uh, system. And don't forget, there's two rookies from last year or last season that didn't even play. Rochelle, a very good corner, very gifted, and uh, Tutu Atwell, which is an second round pick receiver. Uh, so they, they do have a few weapons still left. Yeah, yeah. And I think they'll bring their core back. And I think because they play in the MC West, which I think is the toughest division of football, whoever wins that division has an excellent chance to win the Super Bowl because they're so battle tested. And the Seahawks kind of remind me of the, uh, I mean, excuse me, the Rams remind me of the Seahawks eight years ago. Like, remember at the end of all those games that the defense are just rampant up. And you could feel the team coming back against the 49ers, against Cincinnati. They just turned it on to the end of the game. It's just, um, you know, it's like you said, it's just a group that you have for so many years, and you got to make your move now or it's not going to happen. Right, agreed. Yeah, but you know the big thing right now is you know making sure that Aaron Donald comes back because you know he said 
you know, he wants uh, he might retire if they can't bring back Von Miller and they can't bring Otis Beckham Jr. back. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep both those guys. That's going to be tough if they keep the core group together. Right, right. But I, I think they'll they'll do whatever they have to do because they, yeah. they dang sure want to keep, uh, you know, Aaron Donald. Uh, so whatever they have to do, with Lich Need seems to be very impressive. At, he, uh, I, I like him a lot. I, I like Les I remember a lot. He, didn't he come from Atlanta originally? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I saw, yeah. And, and um, I watched it. Did you watch that documentary on um, Matthew Stafford and Goodbye Detroit? I didn't realize he, he is one tough dude. Oh, oh no doubt. But if you, if you play all I those mean, years yeah. in Detroit, you have to be a tough dude. I mean, he was beaten up. He was, I mean, just amazing what he could do one year with the Rams, 4 0 in the. In their system, I mean, that's not easy to do. Sean McVay's system is, is pretty hard to initially pick up, but he, I think, has this high quarterback IQ. Yeah. And then you got Cooper Cup that Cooper Cup's become a machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a, a version of Steve Largy just 30 years later, um, you know, uh, but great route runner, you know. Think about this with Matthew Stafford. How many times did he get, you know, either a hand injury, a finger injury? Uh, you know, or his shoulder banged up. It was a lot, and he fought through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, on that uh, video, there was times when he was basically almost knocked out of the game and yeah. jump up and come back in the game and finish it. I, I remember covering the, uh, you know, one of the Seahawks games in Detroit, and he got a hand injury, and he fought through that. No, he's a tough dude, there's no doubt. Yeah, and I, I do believe he's gifted, and not now, but I think yeah. if he can go a few more years at the Rams, and he's still, what, 34? He, 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 he's a few good years left. Yeah, uh, yeah, he might then be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Not now, but maybe in the future. Uh, I'm not, not, I mean, I'm not sold on him for the Hall of Fame. You know, because when you look at the big picture, right or wrong, I mean, I don't think he's ever been higher in uh, quarterback ratings than about eight or nine. And uh, he's not in that top five, top six. And, I mean, you got to be higher than that. You have to be an elite quarterback, and you have to go to the Pro Bowl, all those different things. And, like, even mm-hmm. this year, uh, you know, he, he, it just, it's a struggle. So, Hall of Fame, I mean, he wins one, one Super Bowl, and everybody wants to put him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, please. No. No, I, I understand. I understand. But what if he repeats or wins another one? Wouldn't that maybe make a difference? Mm, maybe, but again, he has to rate higher, you know, as far as other quarterbacks in the league. I mean, Russell, obviously, right. when he's healthy, is in the top three or four, five, and uh, Stafford's never been up there. But isn't Stafford one of the highest-rated comeback quarterbacks in the history of the NFL? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he is. So that's, that's something, you know. Yeah, well, all, all I can say is um, they did a hell of a job. Yes, I agree. What they did is almost unheard of. To bring a guy first year, zero and three, and then go four and zero and win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a feat. No, it really is. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Okay. Okay, George. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Jeff in Awala. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. I'm doing my exercise for you. Yeah. I wanted to talk about. Uh, back, old backup quarterback, back then being a backup quarterback, 
seems like being a backup quarterback is an easy way to get a, a ten plus years in the league. Uh-huh. Agreed. I remember how how good a quarterback was Vince Evans. I know he played for about eighteen years. Mm-hmm. He was okay. Uh, yeah, he was good. Good backup. Okay, and then I remember the guy that was probably the worst quarterback I ever saw, and I thought that he had seventeen years in the league. Was that guy that played for the Bears a couple years ago in the playoff, Todd Bauman? Uh huh. How does a guy like that survive for seventeen years? It's, it's hard did? because you know what ends up happening, you know, particularly with the cap and all that stuff, is that uh, you know your your contract uh, starts running out and teams go a different direction and all that different stuff. You know, they may draft their young quarterback something to develop and all those things. But no, you have to give him credit because sometimes it is very hard to be a backup quarterback because it's almost like being a coach. You often have to move around, move around, move around. Okay. How about, and uh, what, what's Rick Meyer doing? I know he got like 10 years in the league. What What's his life been like since uh, football? I'm sure it's been fine. I mean, what he's got, uh, you know, a winery. I think that's doing pretty well. Uh you know, so, I mean, he's got the winery, and other than that, I mean, uh, you know, just enjoying family life and, you know, businesses and, you know, different things like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Rick, I think he's done pretty well. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad because he seemed like a, you know, I remember when he first came here, he had yeah. a brilliant year. seemed like a real nice person. Oh, he is. Oh, no, I, I still, one of the things I still remember is that, uh, you know, he had trouble throwing to his left, right? And so what they had to do was, you know, put uh, they covered his eyes and then just have him work on the mechanics of throwing to his left, uh, even though he wasn't able to see. You know, so and that that seemed to work out a little bit. And why didn't the UW two Oslo Sopo kid make it in the NFL? Well, I mean, he seemed like a prototypical player that'd be playing right now. Tuiasa Sopo? Yeah, he played a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, good good question. I mean, he was you know a good runner, uh, just I guess didn't take that step up to really gain more opportunities to be able to stay with teams. And my final backup quarterback is Geno Smith, our backup quarterback next year. I doubt it. I think with his incident off the field, that really affects him and puts him in a position where they'll go a different direction. I mean, we'll see if Jacob Eason is going to advance enough to be the backup quarterback, and if not, they'll go sign a veteran quarterback for close to the minimum salary. So is, is Gino? Did he cook his career with his drinking? No, then? no, no. I think it. Uh, he'll get some. He'll get a job someplace. I just don't Todd, think it's going to be like here. Todd Baum and just keep moving on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, John, I love your show. Listen every week, and you take care, and God bless you and your wife. Okay, hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jeff in Seattle. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. One thing I always wondered about hockey is why don't they get like a sumo wrestler or some 300-pounder that's bigger than the goal, just plant him in there? Because uh, he probably can't skate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but if you're bigger than the goal, nobody can get anything by you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, that's not – your big guy may not have the reaction time to be able to stop but if he's, the shots. But if he's blocking the whole, his whole body blocks the whole goal, he doesn't have to have quick reaction. Just a 
big yeah. body to block the goal. But anyway, but but but, but, like, but also too, it's like what what about uh, if he if he's the big body to uh, block the shots? How many hits can he take with a puck? That's gonna well, hurt. Three hundred pounds. He he should be able to take a lot of shots. Uh, batting. I don't care. I mean, he's he's human and taking shots with you know I don't know what the traveling time is for a, a shot. I mean, is it 100 miles an hour or something like that? that? That's a lot to take. Yeah, but, you know, just something to think about. Yeah, but okay. what I actually call, called about was the NFL. Yeah. When are they going to get rid of the draft? Because what? why should what? Why should why should I be, if I'm a college player, why should I be forced and told where I have to play? You know, I have to go play for a lousy team in the city I don't want to be in. No, I should have the choice of where I want to go play yeah. and for how long. No, there's not that'll never happen. Never happen. Well, it should. It, I mean, every, it, it, it doesn't ever. Part, it doesn't every other sport have a draft? They shouldn't because if I'm if I'm a kid coming out of college and I'm an engineer and I want to get a job and they tell me coming out of college I have to work for Boeing. I can't go work for Lockheed in in St. Louis. I have to work for Boeing in Seattle. No, I should have the choice, you know, every other job there is, you have the choice of where you're going to work and for how long. And also, I think the NFL should be the ones giving out bonuses, not the teams. Every week you get a bonus for a win, for a sack, for a reception, you know, a game-winning reception. The NFL figures out how much money they're going to give for those things and you pay them that bonus yeah. every week. Couple things, a couple things that are that I, I I'll disagree with you on. Number one, I mean, if you have free agency going into uh, the uh, coming in out of college, first off, are you going to be able to in another job make as much money as you would in the NFL? And the answer is no. I mean, you can go to Boeing and get you know hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, but again, if in a draft, if you're a first round pick, particularly up high, you're getting nine million. Okay, that's problem number one. And then problem number two, if you have complete free agency, it's not going to fit within the NFL salary cap. And the NFL is not going to give up the salary cap because, you know, I know this may sound strange, but, uh, you know, owners kind of like to make money out of this stuff. You wouldn't be able to do it. Well, if you're an owner and you're making a billion dollars a year and your and your payroll is a hundred million dollars a year, you're making money, you know. So, it's no, it's, it's no, but, but, but remember you know, the payroll. The payroll is not a hundred million a year. I mean, you know, it's you know two hundred million, and two two hundred and plus, and that doesn't count uh, you know signing bonuses and everything else. It's just it's and just you're not making, pra- And the owner's making a billion dollars a year. Oh, not so really. He's making. He's making money. Well, if you can't make money as an NFL owner, you shouldn't be one. Well, but, but also know? think think about this. How can you make a billion dollars a year when the uh, you know the revenue right now for the league is sixteen billion for thirty two teams? That's not a billion dollars. It doesn't add up. Okay, so you're half you're half a billion, and your payroll is two hundred million. You're still making three hundred million dollars a year. I think that's a nice little tidy sum there. Yeah. But also about the bonuses yeah. is the league should pay them, not the teams. If you like, if you get a game-winning reception, you get X amount of dollars. If you get a sack, you get X amount of dollars. If you like rush for set a record for break the record for single game rushing, 
you get like $10,000. And the t- players get paid that every week. And that would instill more, um, what do I want to say, more intensity towards winning and doing their job. Uh-huh. It's, you know, and But it's like with Archie Manning and Dan Pastorini, they spent their whole careers, they were drafted by lousy teams, and they, and, you know, uh, Archie Manning had to spend his whole career in New Orleans on a suck team because there was no free agency. It's no, if I come out of college, I should have the right to figure out, decide where I'm going to play and then negotiate for how much. Yeah. And there should be a salary cap. You give the teams like X amount of dollars to sign all their players. Mm-hmm. This is all the money you have to work with for the year. This is what you sign. You know, no bonuses, no, no other little gimmicks in there. Um, just straight, straight flat money, and it's up to the team to, you know, divvy up that money yeah. to the well, players. It's nice to wish for, but I can guarantee you 100. percent Oh, will, I know. It'll never I happen. I know, but it, sh- it shouldn't be though. There shouldn't be a draft. There should be no draft. Yeah. That's well, what are, we, what are we going to do in April? I mean, it's like I like the draft. It makes money. Uh, it's got high ratings. It's got so much. But uh, in the end, I mean, you know, it puts an order and you're, to the and you're making And you're making a great player go to a lousy team that he doesn't want to go to. I don't want to, you know, if say Jacksonville has the number yeah. one pick yeah. and I'm a star quarterback, I don't want to go play for Jacksonville. If I want to go play for the Jets or the Giants or whoever, yeah. I should have that right to. They shouldn't be able to tell me where I'm going to go play yeah. and for how long. Well, you, you can wish it, but it won't happen. I know it's wicked, but it's just the right thing to do. It's not the draft is wrong. The draft is totally wrong. It shouldn't be there. The workers should have the right to decide where they're going to go work and and negotiate how much they're going to work for. You know, yeah, the draft it's it's been there for years. Yeah. You know, and it's it's set in place, but it's wrong. It shouldn't happen. And the league should hand out bonuses. You have a good weekend, John. Okay, Jeff. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Jeff, thanks. Hey, I'll tell you what, Fred in Birch Bay, why don't you stay on the line? We'll catch you right at the at the end of the break here. Uh, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.